A room packed full of strangers and acquaintances invokes different feelings in the context of a pandemic. Networking in 2021 looks a little different now, doesn't it? The idea of networking was triggering for some people even before COVID. Bad experiences, getting trapped in a conversation with someone you don't know who isn't your target audience, social anxiety, and even just general awkwardness. Does any of that resonate. The constant pitching can really dampen the mood, yet we are constantly being advised to pitch at every opportunity, and it's exhausting. Whatever happened to a happy, happy hour? Today's guest is here to tell us that there is a better way. Sarah Alpin is a master connector. She's so good at it, in fact, she turned it into a business when founding the District Bliss Community. District Bliss is a community of creatives and business owners who want to expand their networks quickly, build their businesses with ease, and just find their people. They host social events that take the work out of networking and workshops taught by leading experts to get you on the road to success without the stress. Are you ready to talk new age networking? Well, let's do it. You're listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. Around here, we believe that taking imperfect action rules. So we're creating space for you to dive in and fast track your success one workshop at a time. Now, refill your coffee cup, grab your notebook, and get ready to join in on your weekly training, listen to meaningful conversation, and learn from industry experts. Here's your host, Kelly Lawson. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. I am so excited to chat with you all about networking today. How are you? Thanks. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, Kelly. Thank you so much for having me. So why don't we start with like the most foundational question? Who is Sarah and why does she talk about networking? (laughs) So very long story short, I was a high school teacher. I taught photography for seven years and I was actually attacked by a student and one of the nerves in my leg died. But I had been working as a photographer as my summer job because, you know, teachers always have to have that summer income. So when I couldn't go back to teaching, I kicked my photography business into high gear and I needed to bring on another photographer to support me. But when I started going to networking events, people found me, they seemed to see me as competition as opposed to someone they could collaborate with. So I decided to break the networking system and make it a collaborative experience instead. I love that. First of all, I'm sorry that you had that traumatic experience. That sounds very unpleasant. But also I think that... It's worth talking a little bit about networking in our new context, because when I first thought about networking, I immediately had this picture in my mind of like a filled restaurant before dinner time or whatever. And, you know, people holding a drink or a drink ticket. And I think that's really changed a lot, obviously, given the current situation. And also, maybe there's a chance that we won't go back to exactly that. Maybe it's going to be a hybrid. We don't know that yet. But can we talk a little bit about what networking looks like in 2020 and beyond? Yes, absolutely. 
So we were lucky at District Bliss. We started doing online events and hybrid events in 2019. So we were kind of pandemic safe, which was pretty lucky on our part because it didn't impact my business as much as it would have otherwise. And it also gave people a place to collaborate online. So We don't know where networking is going to go. We don't know where events are going to go as things unroll in 2021 and beyond. But at this point, what I do is I treat every event I attend as a networking opportunity. So in addition to the online networking events that we host at District Bliss, And those are essentially like a Zoom where you go into different breakout rooms. It's very collaborative and welcoming, and it actually has an in-person vibe, which is really lucky. And we can go into that a little bit more. But I do want to, before I forget to say it, mention that one of the reasons that I think it's so important to consider every event that you're attending as a networking event. If there's a topic that you're going to a workshop or a summit or something like that regarding, you may be able to find affiliate partners there, referral partners, friends, people you could collaborate with. And you should be as engaged at all of those events as you are at an actual networking social. Okay, so let's break it down then about how we do that, because I know that there's so many people listening and they're thinking like, oh my gosh, it's bad enough when we're in person. Like now I have to do this online. How am I going to do it? Like it's awkward and I don't know what to say or what to ask or how to keep the conversation going. Like I know that there's a lot of social anxiety, even in the context of doing things through a computer. So I know you're here to help us with that. So let's hear it. Let's hear how we can do a good job of this. Yes. And networking, when you say that word, it can be so triggering for people. Yes. (laughs) Everybody's had that bad experience and everybody's gone to an event where they get stuck talking to someone who is just not going to be someone they would ever hire or whatever. So let's pack that up and kind of set it to the side for a moment and go back to the space of, let's pretend this is just happy hour where we're going to get to meet some friends. <laughs> yeah, I like that. I can handle that. <laughs> okay. So networking in the digital realm, what you want to look for is what kind of events are being hosted and if they are organized. So when you are actually starting the process of looking for an event, then look at if there is a schedule that's available and make sure that if there is, you show up on time Because, for example, at our events, we start out and we have each person introduce themselves and everyone gets about 45 seconds to do that. So we have them say their name, their business name, and then the primary benefit of their business, aka what makes them super awesome. And then we have them put their information into the chat box on whatever the platform is. In this case, let's pretend it's Zoom because everyone is super familiar with Zoom at this point. And then what we do at the end of the, or sorry, let me jump back to the middle of the event. Here I'm already at the end. (laughs) It went so amazingly well that you forgot what happened in the middle. (laughs) I know. It was so much fun that I already got to the last part. (laughs) I love it. That's my kind of a networking event. (laughs) 
<laughs> so everyone's got their info in the chat. Everyone gets to speak who they are. And then we put people into several rounds of breakout rooms. So it's a smaller networking engagement. You're not in a virtual room with 25 people who are all trying to talk and you're not out there trying to explain how you're super awesome or, or what you do because pro networking tip, you always want to be asking about the other person and not talking about yourself as, I mean, gen- that's the in-person way of networking as well. Make sure you're, you're genuine and curious and that's the best way to actually network. So we put everyone into smaller groups and then we switch those groups three times. And then we, at the end, come back together, thank everyone. And then we take all of that information that was in the chat box and we send that out to everyone. So they get your Instagram handle, your link, your business name, and the primary benefit of what you do. And that way, if you didn't have a chance to actually have a conversation with someone, but you saw that they introduced themselves and they might be someone that you could potentially collaborate with, who might be a great speaker for your summit, who might be a good guest on your podcast or who has a podcast where you might want to be a guest whatever the case may be, then that all gets emailed out to everyone so that they can connect with ease. So you're not trying to scramble and take notes during the event and you can actually just sit back and kind of be yourself in front of the computer. I like that. It takes away the pressure. And if we ever do get back to in-person networking events, which I'm sure we will, I can really see a lot of utility for this, even with the in-person scenario, because I think we can all think of a situation where we're at a networking event and we see someone across the room that we're like, oh, I've been wanting to have a conversation with this person. And by the time you work your way over there, well, they've left. So I love that you have the ability to capture that information because I think in the context of in-person networking, which hopefully we'll get back to that before too long, we can all think of a scenario where we see someone across the room that we'd really like to have a conversation with and we start to work our way over to them. And by the time we get to them, they've left. Yes, exactly. Or they don't have their business cards or you don't have your business cards or you had a really great conversation with them and it took the entire networking event because you were so excited to have that conversation. So you didn't get to meet other people. So, you know, on either side of that spectrum, it's so nice to have where, you know, we're not sending out someone's personal information. We're sending a website and their social media and who doesn't really want to share that anyway? So it's not like your phone number and your email address. Yes, (laughs) totally. Yeah, I mean, that might be like the next step or whatever. So I really love that. I think that that's a brilliant thing. And it also kind of reduces or eliminates the need to ask for those things. Because I know recently I was on a Zoom call event. It wasn't necessarily a networking event, but it definitely had that vibe. And so naturally the people in the, I guess we'll call it a webinar, started to kind of post their own like handles and tags so we could connect with one another. But at the same time, I wanted to keep listening to the presentation and I never actually got around to following those people. And so I can definitely see the utility for that because it takes the pressure off. You can just kind of relax and have conversations and not worry about having to exchange that information. You'll get it later. Yeah. And you're not looking at your phone the whole time or losing track of what's going on or even looking like you're disengaged in any sort of way because you know that that's coming so you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, totally. So let's talk about 
those of us who maybe feel a little shy or introverted and are feeling insecure, like we're not getting the most out of these types of events. What are the things that we can do to kind of get out of our own heads and into this networking event to leverage the contacts? Well, one of the first, the most important thing is commit to showing up for yourself. Show up for the event, show up for the webinar, show up for the summit, whatever it is. Because again, every event that you attend in the digital realm is essentially going to be a networking event in some capacity. Because if someone's asking engaging questions, you may want to connect with them later. So show up and, you know, it's not like we have to fight traffic or weather or get home for dinner in the same way if we're doing this online. So it kind of removes some of that pressure as well. But at the same time, give yourself grace when you are, you know, if you are feeling anxious or you are feeling really just like uncomfortable or you've had like genuinely had a long day and you have to let yourself off the hook for your mental health, then you should. As much as I think it's super important to commit to showing up, you also have to take care of yourself. So make sure that you do that. But when you're looking for events, especially as an introvert, because I'm sure you can tell I am a super extrovert personality. (laughs) And my favorite thing to do in real life networking events is find an introvert who's in the corner and then take them around and introduce them with me because that's how I get my extroverted battery recharged. And Mm -hmm. that's how they end up feeling more comfortable. That might be the teacher in me that does that. So when you attend an actual event, Look at the branding, look at the photos they're using, look at the messaging that they're saying and think about if it really resonates with you. If it seems kind of hazard thrown together, then that might not be the right fit for you. If you are someone who's introverted, you might want something that has a little bit more structure so you can anticipate and prepare for what the event is actually going to entail as opposed to, hey, let's have drinks which might feel a little bit more unpredictable. So really look at the things that they're putting out online, the message that they're sending online, and make sure that you're showing up to events that are going to be beneficial for you, that are not going to drain you, and that are not going to discourage you from ever showing up to any other networking event, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. And I think in the age of Zoom, everything is a little bit different. And it took us a little time to really understand those differences. So for example, now when we do traditionally using Zoom, when we do group calls, it's not the same as getting together as a group necessarily, because you can't have that side conversation, have that kind of opportunity to like go from one person to the other like you would in a traditional or a physical setting. Instead, one person has the stage and you kind of sit and listen to that person one at a time. So in a sense, it feels a bit less social and a bit more like one person has the spotlight at a time. So do you have any recommendations for how to navigate that? Like, what if I want to connect with somebody, but I don't have the stage or I don't have the connection with them? That's a really good question. And I do have to say, I love that I can tell how much this is actually genuinely interesting you, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) My friend who's introverted and attends events has given me a list of questions to ask you. I love it so much. (laughs) 
And now I forgot your question. (laughs) That's a good problem to have. So my friend who sent me the questions was wondering how a person might be able to, because in the new age of Zoom, it's like one person's talking at a time. It's not the same as when you're at a physical event and you can be like, oh, there's so-and-so. I'm going to tiptoe over to them and ask them the question and I'm going to tiptoe over to this person. And in a sense, you can be like efficient, but through a computer, it's really controlled by the technology. So I was just wondering if you had any advice for how to kind of bring that more traditional sense of networking to a Zoom event where you don't control who you can tiptoe over to and tap on the shoulder or whatever. Yes. So it depends on who's hosting the networking event because, or whatever the event is, for several reasons. First of all, they may turn off the chat, which would change this answer a little bit, but listen to the questions that everyone is asking. And if you have something that you can offer, then you're going to stand out in that person's mind. So if you, let's say, remove what I said about being able to drop your info in the chat. So let's say it's not a district list event, it's another event and they don't that's not their practice. So then, you know, you don't want to be spamming the chat box by popping your info in and saying, "Hey, reach out to me blah blah blah" because that's not the way that they do the event. So then what I do is I listen to the other questions and if I have someone that I can connect that person with, I let them know and I say, "Let me know if you want me to like send an intro email." Or I'll say, oh, I use later to schedule my social media posts and it makes it super easy and it's reasonably priced. Or, you know, anything that you can offer, suggestions to help someone, connections for other people, anything like that is going to make you stand out as an expert in the field and also as a generous, good-hearted human who genuinely wants to collaborate and see other people succeed. And that will make people want to connect with you and follow up with you. Okay. So one thing that I have come to realize, or my friend has come to realize, (laughs) is that in the current situation, this kind of casual social interactions, I think are the thing that I miss the most. And Like, it's strange to even hear me saying that because I would consider myself a very introverted person. When the pandemic kicked off last March, I remember thinking, like, I was made for this. Telling me to stay on my sofa in my PJs and not talk to anybody, like, I can handle this. But fast forward more than a year, and I have to say, like, that casual ability to connect with people has definitely had a negative impact on my mental health. And I don't think that I'm just speaking for myself. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother saying this. And I really miss that. Like, I miss the ability to be like, oh, Johnny, who I only ever see like twice a year, like I got to reconnect with him or whatever, enter acquaintance XYZ that you get to kind of tap on the shoulder and make a human connection with. And this is interesting to me because I don't know of a place where I can go online to attend an event that would simulate a networking event where I could make those casual human connections and feel like I'm too dialed into humanity once again. So where does a person go to find these events that you're talking about? I mean, there's an obvious answer here, and I want to hear more about the events that you host, but is there a place that people go to and find events that they can attend? Well, one thing I would suggest is when you find an event that you want to attend, share it with other people who also might want to attend because you're not the only one who is having this problem. Yeah. 
then I actually am a big fan of Eventbrite because once you sign up for an event of a certain type, then you can actually select to receive emails or updates about similar events. So then maybe you've never heard of another networking organization, then you can sign up for, you'll get an email that says, hey, Six Degrees Society, which is another networking organization that I love, is having an event that's very similar to the District Bliss event that you attended. Maybe you should check this out which is really helpful. And Eventbrite as an event organizer pushes to Facebook. It's super easy. So you can actually also look on Facebook. If you are in a more corporate or not necessarily the creative space, then you can also look at LinkedIn events because LinkedIn now has the ability to actually like host an event on there. You can publish an event to LinkedIn now. So if you're maybe an attorney or something and you're looking for corporate clients or you're something in the corporate arena, then that might be a good place for you to look to. So you bought a fancy camera or you're thinking about buying one because it's clear to you that there is no shortage of beautiful moments or things in your life that you'd like to capture beautifully. But the record scratches because all the dials and buttons and settings are standing between you and your life in stunning photos. Well, my friend, I have just the fix. The ultimate photography starter kit. This free resource includes a recommended equipment list, quick start checklist, and a beginner's guide to creating natural poses and candid moments to give you the confidence you need to dust off that fancy camera and start documenting your moments so they can last forever. The Ultimate Photography Starter Kit is completely free and it is everything you need to get started. So grab yours today at kellylawson.ca slash starter kit. That's kellylawson.ca slash starter kit. And I can't wait to see your framers in my scroll. So as someone who's an expert in this field, it's all very new to me and my friend. (laughs) (laughs) What are some things... To look out for, because I'm, I'm guessing that no two networking events are created equally and maybe some of them are done really well, maybe some aren't. Like, are there any red flags or things that people should look out for when they're deciding on a networking event to attend virtually? One thing that I have seen, I've seen several events that I've attended where it feels like it's all about the host, mm-hmm. where everyone's coming together to talk to the host or talk about the host or the host wants to talk about themselves. Several different scenarios there. Mm -hmm. And if you're not going to connect with the host in those kind of events and you get the sense that this is all about that specific, like wanting to be in that person's orbit or everybody wants to talk to someone who's like the top of the top in their field and that person's hosting this event, then that might not be a great fit for you if you're looking to connect with several people and not just the event organizer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think it's something to be wary of because nowadays you'll see things like summits, networking, and there's often an agenda, right? Often if it's a free event, like for me, that's a red flag. I'm like, okay, it's a free event who's paying for it. And if it's not maybe like our economic development agency locally, then I have to ask like, okay, what's the purpose? Like who's behind it? And do they genuinely want us to network with each other? Or at the end, is there going to be this surprise pitch? So are there things like that that we can look out for? Yes. 
If you are attending a free event, you should assume you are going to be pitched and you should assume you are going to get a nurture sequence of marketing emails that are going to try to get you to purchase something. We charge for our events, but they're like $15. Mm-hmm. They're free if you're a member, but you're paying a due if you're a member. Right. And I think to me, that says something really specific and it is that you are going to get exactly what you signed up and came for. And if you don't, then I will be held accountable. District Bliss is held accountable because you paid for that ticket. You know, we don't want to misrepresent, but if it is a free event, if it's a free summit, you should always plan on being pitched. And if you don't want to be pitched, then pay for your events. And if you get pitched at a paid event, then personally, I wouldn't go back. Yeah. And I guess it depends on what you're expecting to get out of it. Because I've definitely gone to paid summits that had a pitch at the end, but I was there because there were some really cool guest speakers that I wanted to learn something from. And I did. So I think sometimes it can be win-win, but I think it's also a really good sign if the event host is charging a fee that you can expect it to not be about a future sale, but instead about the purpose of the event itself. And like you said, now somebody's accountable because a transaction was made. So I think that's a good sign of the event doing what you would expect a networking event to do. Yes, I totally agree. And you bring up an interesting point when you say, you know, you've attended a paid summit and sometimes you've gotten pitched, but it's been mutually beneficial. It's more about the content. You're going to get more if it's a paid event, you're going to be getting the same content and the pitch is going to be lighter handed. It's not going to be a hard sell. You're also going to have people attend the event who are committed to networking and who really want to be there and who are a good fit for that audience. You're not going to show up to an event from, let's say I'm in Washington, DC. I know you're in Canada, Kelly. If you were to show up to one of our events, you're not showing up to have somebody who is going to try to sell you window replacements who's based in Washington, D.C. because it's not applicable to you. That kind of person is not going to pay for this type of event because they know that it's more of an international style event. Yeah, absolutely. So it makes sense then to ensure that whoever's attending aligns with whatever your business goals or your networking goals are. Yes, I love it. So normally at traditional networking events, you come across new people, you see some old friends. Is this something that you would say is also happening in the virtual networking world? Absolutely. Well, I invite a lot of people to other events that I see that are being hosted if I think that they'll be good fits for it anyway. But I still get that same feeling when I log into an event and see somebody that I haven't seen, the person I would see twice a year and get to catch up with periodically Mm. at networking events. I still get that same like, oh my gosh, how have you been feeling? And then usually I'll send them a private message and be like, oh my gosh, I missed you so much. How are you? So it's kind of nice. And of course, you don't always have private messaging capabilities, but it does give you that feeling where you can reconnect with people and it gives you motivation to reconnect with some old contacts who you haven't seen in a while. Absolutely. So can you talk to a little bit like the nature of events that you host to get a sense for like, what's the subject matter? Like, are there old friends there? Like, are there recurring attendees or is it kind of a new topic every month or how does that look? So we host a variety of different events. We host workshops that 
range from how to build resilience and step out of anxiety, how to use Google Suite to manage your business effectively with a team, how to get the most out of a networking experience. And then we host actual networking socials that are not topic specific that are just to bring together entrepreneurs, creatives, and people who really enjoy that entrepreneurial or creative space and maybe don't necessarily have a side hustle, but are curious about what it might entail. So they're dipping their toe. And then we also host roundtables, which are essentially entrepreneurial masterminds that are topic specific. So we all come with our resources and share and collaborate and discuss best practices and that type of thing. So every event that we host is a networking event. So we'll have everyone introduce themselves at the top. If it's an event, like a workshop, excuse me, then we will have everyone introduce themselves, put that info in the chat box, which we will send out later. And then we go into the content, which is usually about 30 minutes of really like juicy content. And then we go into a live Q&A with whoever the expert is that's leading the workshop. There is no pitch in those workshops. We are at this point, I'm a little bit pitched out. Yeah. <laughs> so we aren't doing those in our workshops, but there's always some great resource that is a list build of equal value for the person who's leading the workshop. So we bring different experts in to lead those workshops. And then for our networking events, we bring everyone together, have everybody introduce themselves, and then we go into smaller breakout rooms for a specific duration of time. And I usually give topics to discuss if you are... Did you hear that? I did. <laughs> Was it you or your dog? My dog. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> oh my god, it was so <laughs> Was it was it what I think it was? <laughs> Very loud fart. <laughs> oh, that's the best. Oh I think god. we should leave that in. <laughs> But we should leave that in. I love that. I'm Number down. one reason to have a dog right there. <laughs> like that way you can just fart with reckless abandon and blame it on your dog. You know, he used to fart off screen like this. And then he would sit up and look at me and you could see his head pop up. And then he would lay back down. He's like, He's humans like, are so weird. Why do they think this is so funny? <laughs> Well, he must feel better now. My son would say, that feels me better. Well, when he was little, that's how he'd say it. That feels me better. That feels me better. (laughs) And my face shows everything I'm thinking, so I can only imagine. (laughs) Yeah, your face dropped. I was like, oh. Because at first it sounded like a stomach growling. I was like, oh, she's hungry. And then I was like, no, that wasn't. It had to be something more offensive. It went on for a lot longer than you probably heard, too, because I was talking. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. I don't know what we were saying now. <laughs> so, yeah, you were ta- we were talking about topics and um, like kind of the breakdown of how the whole thing kind of functions. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So usually before we send people into breakout rooms for smaller networking engagements within the networking social, I'll give them a topic of something to talk about that's just kind of not an icebreaker, you know, not like two truths and a lie, but something that's a little bit more business relatable. Like 
what is one win that you've had this week? Or what is something that you're thinking about launching that you just haven't gotten all the resources together yet? It also really starts conversations about how people can help one another and the resources that they can share or the advice that they can offer about those topics. So usually it's something that helps people not only connect, but also gain knowledge. Yeah, I love that because it sounds more and more like just a big virtual party where everybody is learning something together. So like a cool conference, you know, where you go to and I don't know, I guess the only thing missing is like the open bar. But if you're in your own kitchen, I mean, what's the difference really? (laughs) Yeah, and drinks are definitely encouraged. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a social event. That's like, they go hand in hand. So... I love that. So why don't you talk a little bit more about where people can find your specific networking events? And I also know that you have a free resource for people who maybe just need a little boost with networking events in general. Yes. And I'm a teacher or by nature. So I also have homework. (laughs) Oh, goody. I I literally like homework. (laughs) Everyone's like turning off now. (laughs) No, I think the adult version of us really, I don't know, I'll speak for my friend. My friend really likes having homework because it's like that actionable takeaway thing where without it, it's like, well, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what to do next. And you just kind of walk away from having a really nice learning experience and then just everything falls flat. So in the age of adulthood, I really appreciate homework. And so does my friend who writes all these questions. (laughs) Well, well, good to know. Good to know. And I'm sure your friend would get an A plus on this homework assignment. <laughs> that would be a first for that friend. <laughs> so in terms of where people can find me, our events are all listed on our website. We have events that are open to the public and then we have specific members only events. We have a bunch of different membership levels and everybody in the community is really, really lovely. So we are at District Bliss Events on Instagram and it's districtbliss.com. And so you can grab all the details for our events there. And even when we go back to, you know, in person, however that unfolds, we will still be at least hybrid, if not fully accessible online, just because, you know, we have chapters that are in LA, DC, we have Canadian chapters. We have Texas and, you know, so all of, we like to bring everyone together. So for my little freebie that I'm giving to all of you, it is a find your people networking checklist because I want you to go out there and actually find the right people for you. So I have a list of ways to build authentic connections, how to nurture those connections after you make them, and then some pro tips about narrowing down events and things that you can do once you're in those events in order to maximize your engagement, the fun that you're having, and just the overall experience in addition to the actual connections. So homework item one would be to grab that so that you can be successful in your online and in-person networking events. This is geared toward online, but applicable to in-person events. And then what I want you to do is I actually want you to reach out to Kelly and tell her what one of your favorite topics that she has covered is on this podcast. And then also, I would like you to tell her if you have someone that you would recommend that she interview. So I want you to reach out to her on Instagram and tell her that information. 
one, it is so lovely as someone who hosts something like a podcast and who gives so generously like you do, Kelly, to actually know that people cared about something that that has so much value. So if you do that, if you show up in Kelly's DMs, you are going to stand out immediately as an amazing connection to her. So that is, and she didn't know I was doing this. So <laughs> that is item, item I'm two. just sitting here nodding like, yes, please do that. That would be amazing. It would be amazing. <laughs> I would be so happy. It would make my whole year. It would make up for all of COVID. Oh my gosh, you all heard it here. So make sure you do that. And then I want you to go online and ask some of your friends what the events that they are attending are and what they've found valuable about them and then start attending those events. So super easy homework. I am not going to check to make sure you got all the answers right. I am just going to highly encourage you to self-regulate and do it on your own. <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. And A plus for anybody who does the homework. Like there's no wrong answer according to what I've heard as the homework assignment. Like there is not a wrong answer. You will get 100% if you do the homework. So I love that. And I think that what you're doing is so needed and so brilliant because I don't know that if somebody asked me like, you know, how has COVID impacted you for the better or for the worse? I don't know if I would have identified that I miss networking events. But when I drill down to it, I think I really do. I think the human connection that we're all missing during this whole thing has really had an impact on us that we can't necessarily identify. But just the thought of having a list of events that I could potentially attend and meeting new people, it just feels like a breath of fresh air. So I'm definitely going to go check out your site and see what events you have coming up. I really miss having a thing to go to. I really miss having a reason to put on real pants. I really miss having a reason to wear my makeup and buy clothes, like all those things. So this has given me the potential to have reasons for those things again. And I'm excited about that. And so is my Facebook friend. So anyway, Sarah, I really wanted to thank you for your generosity in sharing all of this with us today and giving us your time and giving us the opportunity to have something to put real pants on. Well, you know what? We don't have to wear real pants. Nobody's going to see that half of our body. But, you know, the hair and the makeup, it would be just nice to have a reason to do that every once in a while again. So thank you so much for doing this. And I especially loved that unexpected homework assignment that you gave everyone. Yes. Don't forget that even the people who you really admire as experts like Kelly are real humans who just value that connection. Absolutely. Thank you again, Sarah. Thank you. Repeat after me. You don't need to be an extrovert to be an excellent networker. When you start treating every opportunity as a networking one and learn to listen and ask questions more than you pitch, you can really start to enjoy these opportunities and make valuable connections with people. Being prepared is key and Sarah gave us some great pointers that will ensure that you have a great networking experience the next time you do it. Leveraging your connections is key to succeeding in your business, and you can do it from the comfort of your own home, in sweatpants, with your favorite cup of whatever. <laughs> Sarah is changing the face of networking, and I really like where it's going. 
She loves to find ways to make building a business easier and more fun. Connecting people and curating a community of like-minded entrepreneurs who support one another, well, yes, sign me up for that. She shared some fantastic tips with us and some resources, including her own podcast. So be sure to hop over and check out the show notes to find access to all of these things at kellylawson.ca slash 059. And I want to thank you again so much for lending your earbuds or your car stereo or your Google Mini to this episode. You are the reason that I do this week after week. Thank you so much and bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Workshop Weekly Podcast, the show where no dream is too big and no topic is too small. If you like our show and want to know more, check out www.theworkshopweekly.com or leave a review on iTunes. And we'll see you next week for another action-packed episode, you workshop warrior you.